Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the season's final episode of the FPL Fortress. I'm Jacob. And I'm Jayong. This episode has been long overdue, but here we are, and uh, we're going to recap the season's best moments, uh, take a look at the, the breakout 11 and the flop 11, uh, nominate our best players, uh, best moments, and uh, take a look at lessons learned and uh, things to look forward to for next season. Yeah, it's, it's always a bit of a strange experience, just almost going back in time and picking out all these moments and these performances and these players that's for so long were just, you know, moments in the past, but have all come together to build a pretty, pretty incredible season. Yeah, I think so too. But also, you know, as we were preparing for this episode and going through the moments, it really does feel like some of them really just happened last week ago. Um, it does. Yeah. I think it comes back into your mind pretty quickly. Yeah. Especially, especially the bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always easier to remember the time that you could have, got 10 points but you didn't versus the time that oh you just got 10 points from a nice transfer that you might otherwise not have you know it just sticks in your mind a bit more i think that's exactly right and uh also a little tidbit um we were looking through the the our notes from from last year's season recap and uh, there were some some very interesting throwbacks there it was it was and maybe in a couple of years we'll be able to do the same thing with this one yeah all right so first off we have our awards um presented by FPL Fortress, our player of the season. We have agreed on this one. Why don't you do the big reveal? I think it's the, in my opinion, the the best player in the Premier League this season, not just FPL. I, I, that's perhaps a bit of a contentious statement. I think that CFA is probably going to disagree. But uh, we have chosen Chung Min Son Oof. as our player of the season. I think it's very well deserved. Yes, I very much agree. I mean, what a player. And he, he was always that... Uh, we, I mean, we knew he was good for, for many, many years. But I think this year he took it to the next level. Yeah, I mean, he just, I mean, before he had a very nice partnership with Kane, didn't he? But it seems like yep. he almost moved past Kane this year and really bore the offensive burden for Tottenham and probably carried them to a top four spot. Yeah, and I don't know. Something about last year, it was more of an equal partnership in terms of uh, not just goals and assists, but also positionally on the field. But this year, it really does feel like Sun is the one up top and Kane is the one linking Sun with the rest of the team. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, he's it used to be that uh, awkward uh, 10 million-ish uh, price point. Uh, but uh, I, I have no doubts that he will, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he was around 12 million next year. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's, there's, there's always been a, a tier of the, the Salas, De Bruyne's, uh players like that who are right around that 12 million. You can kind of freely exchange them for each other. Sun's always kind of had a role as like a, you know, a, if you need a, a bit of cash guy and you want to downgrade one of your, your big guys for a little while, then you can go to Sun. But I think you're not going to be able to do that anymore, are you? No, no. And arguably, I mean, with the way that Tottenham are playing right now, he's a better asset than Kane. Probably. I mean, Kane's on pens, which definitely helps. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but the, yeah. I mean, on current form, he's, and honestly, it's not even just form. Like, he's very consistently been able to outperform his XG, which is remarkable. Yeah, it is remarkable. It is remarkable. Um, and just, I mean, the, the, the pricing is going to be interesting because I do think they're going to bump Kane down a little bit um, while bumping Sun up. So that becomes a real decision to make. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the same price next year. Maybe. No, no way. Like five or 12. You're not going to make Keith Kane 11.5. What was Kane? They, he started at 12. Hmm. I don't know. I no, think not, I, not. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're both 12. How about that? Oof. I mean, I think I mean, Kane had what 196. That's not enough to downgrade him, is it? Sure, 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 sure. That's I mean, like, he just I mean, not like a perfect season for him, but that's like very respectful. Okay. He, yeah, that's like low end production, like good low end production. If you know what I mean? Sure. I mean, he certainly salvaged it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, and Sun, Sun was just a, a joy to watch, really. Um, yeah. He had so many hauls, but also very, very much uh, consistent as well. So easy choice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on, uh, our most consistent player. Uh, another consensus, which uh, I was very happy about. Uh, someone who's really flown under the radar, I think. Yes, yeah. yes. 
And it's not quite sure why, because if you look at the point totals, then he's really right up there. He right is. up there, best defenders in the game. So you want to introduce some Jayang? Our man, Joel Matip. Well, I mean, we always talk about Van Dyke as being, you know, the guy in yeah. the Liverpool defense. And for a while, I think Liverpool really needs to find someone else that wouldn't just be a weakness and could really hold his own in that partnership. And I think recently Matip has evolved into that role. And it's played out not only to guide Liverpool to a very impressive season, but also on the BFDL score sheet. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a question for you. Why has no one talked about him? Why is he only owned by 10% of the game by the end of the season? I mean, I think part of it is that he really turned it on at the end. I mean, he got a, well, he actually had not looking at it now. So 33 was six, 34 was eight, 35 was six, 36 didn't play. 36 was 11, 37 was 11, 38 was seven. So I think that, I mean, he, he was always like pretty good and he, he played very consistently. But really before that, I was just like clean sheets. And, you know, he was priced fairly highly. I think he was like, okay, only 5.0, which is actually pretty agreeable. But, you know, usually you want some attacking potential. And he didn't really unlock that, I guess, until the very end, which I guess, and by then, I guess we were already moved on to some uh, more intriguing options. No, but it actually is quite insane that he started off as a 5 million asset. Yeah, it's only 5.3 right now, actually. Yeah, yeah. 4.9 hit, gave me 29. So. Whoa, that's obscene. Yeah, yeah. That really and, I mean, he really didn't quite punish his doubters until the end, where he, he yeah. really turned it on. Yeah. I mean, he had, what, I think two goals and, and an assist in the last three games, which is, and... Well, yeah. I don't think he ever did punish anyone who didn't own him, because he was never that highly owned. 10% is fairly high, isn't it? Yeah, sure, I guess. No, but I think part of it also comes down to... You know, he, he is a, takes up a Liverpool spot, and, and typically you want your Liverpool spots to be a bit more exciting than that. But I mean, like, yeah, Salah, Mane, Jota, Luis Diaz, Trent, Robertson, Van Dijk. It's a, it's a little hard to find room for him. I think that's actually very, very important. No, but if, if, you, just, if you just do a little bit of a, a Trent, Salah, and nestle in a, a Joel Matip in there. I mean, Robertson I mean, only ended the season with uh, 13 more points, but, I mean, he was... Really, for a while, like getting good, better returns than Matip. Mm. So it, it's understandable. And Van Dyke, too, really. It's, it's understandable why someone would want to go a different direction. But even still, Matip was very underappreciated, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting to see what's going to happen next year because yeah. this year, Ibrahima Kanate only basically played the Champions League. But I don't know if it's going to be more of an integration next year. And he was imperious, by the way. <sighs> I mean, yeah. He was arguably the only player, Liverpool player, that really played well. Yeah. 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 I mean, he really, I mean, obviously Trent was always going to, always going to go up. That was one of the big battles, Trent versus Vinicius, that was talked about. Yeah. And I think it was really left to Kanate to handle Vinicius. And obviously Vinicius did score that goal, but that was not his fault, was it? No, no, it was, it was so weird because the ball came in and Trent didn't go for it. I mean, I think everyone was just a little confused because Valverde was shooting. What? No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. That was a shot? The way, the way he strikes that, that's oh, not a no. pass. Like, that. He, hit that, he hit that as hard as he could. No way. I didn't I, look at that that carefully. Okay. I, I, I saw this uh, alternate angle. Okay. I, I think pretty informative. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Oh, if that was a shot, that is absolutely awful oh, football exactly, playing exactly. by Valverde. Huh? Exactly. No, yeah, it was very lucky in my opinion. <laughs> no, but I, I, the way Trent just like stepped out of it when the ball was coming towards him, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, just wasn't aware of the situation, was he? Sure, sure. And also going forward, he wasn't that great either. Spamming crosses left, right, and center. Didn't really pull off any. I mean, his crosses were a bit better than like Fabinho's crosses and Fabinho's. But... Sure. Yes. All right. And now for our Purple Patch Merchant of the season. This is where we diverge a little bit. Um, I. How should we do this? Should we should we reveal both at the same time, or I talk about mine and you talk about uh, yours? How about you talk about yours first? Okay. So mine is, mine is Bernardo Silva. Now I I have had a very rocky rocky relationship with this man. 
Um, he, you know, he has done done things to me. He appears in my nightmares every now and again. It, uh, it it gets ugly. What can I say? No, but he, I don't know. He began the season rather quietly, uh, and then he just around the end of the year he just went off, and I have no explanation for it um, because his underlying numbers were never that good. And after I don't know, a month or two of being incredible, he went back to not being a very good FPL asset at all. And that's how he went the rest of the season. And I bought him right after he popped off, as is so often the case with FPL. And and it, it's left some uh, indelible marks on my psyche. I mean, you have to wonder if the, the period that Bernardo was doing so well was just because De Bruyne wasn't in the team. And I think that... De Bruyne, obviously, he's really a box-to-box player. He's the type of guy that gets the ball from from Diaz, from Rodri. He'll just like surge up, surge up the field, carrying it, and he can, you know, take it into the the the, the final third. And I guess Bernardo kind of had to fill that role, and that kind of led him to to getting some more chances that wasn't really able to get when De Bruyne was the the main ball carrier. Mm. So, so was he like last year's Gundogan? I think so. I think so. I think that's fair. Why is Gundogan not last year's Gundogan? Like, just from a tactical perspective, like, why did Gundogan get kind of shunned this year? I mean, Gundogan didn't really play much. Yeah, and why is that? He was so I good. I don't know. I don't know. Last year. It makes little sense. It was with Pep, just... I don't know. Pep has his own... I, I think Pep, his players just fluctuate so so wildly. Okay, okay, okay. And also, oh my God, I bought him right before the seven nil thrashing against Leeds, um, and it was between uh, Bernardo or Foden, and um, I uh, I went with Bernardo, and Foden got a goal and assist for twelve points, and it could have been so much more. So I feel a little bit shafted by that. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't always work out the way you want, is it? Oh no. So uh, you know, good player, terrible FPL asset. I'm gonna stand by that. Yeah, as merchant, hundred percent. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe if De Bruyne is ever out again, then maybe. But worth yeah. a worth a look into. All right, your turn now. Yeah, sure. I think it was it was a very obvious pick for me actually. I think that's James Vardy. He was on fire to start the season. I think he had about a hundred points by the the tenth game week, which is just remarkable. But and this isn't completely his fault. But he just, I mean, he didn't play at all. And I think he was injured for a while. But, yeah. I mean, he was really hot to start of the season. Didn't play. Had some sporadic appearances where didn't do very much. And then last four game weeks, last four games, last three game weeks, I guess, he had, you know, uh, five goals, which is just pretty remarkable. So. Mm, I don't think it's as obvious as you're making it out to be. Um because I mean, when he plays, he's pretty damn good. Um, besides, besides for game weeks nine, ten, eleven, when I bought him, because uh, that's how the game works. But anyway, um, he, I think he went from being wildly overrated last year to to being wildly underrated this year. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And I, I think part of the reason he was underrated was just like he didn't do very much for a really long time that kind of led him to be like you know kind of exit the, the consciousness sure sure i mean oh my god I mean, he is i i have slandered him in the past and i still don't think he's that good of a footballer at least like his all-around game is is not that great i think he is a mm, yeah no I'm, I'm gonna stick by that but uh his the goal he scored um in game week 30 against uh, southampton that was ridiculous yeah yeah no it was it was He's just ice cold. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on to our. Shall we do breakouts or flops first? Breakout. Let's, let's do breakouts. breakouts. Let's do. Breakouts. Okay. Okay. Celebrate the good before punishing the bad. How about that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, let's. Okay. No. Okay. So for the breakout eleven, we have decided to go with a three-five-two formation. Yes. Um. So in goals, we've got Jose Sa. Yeah, really burst onto the scene is I mean, I think he impressed a lot of people, not just as an FPL player, but just as a goalkeeper. Yes. yes. Uh, he just saved a lot of shots, which is very impressive. 
I think statistically the best shot stopper in the entire league this year. Sounds right to me. Yes. Yes. Um, just, I, I don't think, or no, I, I did own him for the uh, start of the season after I wildcarded in game week four. And he was uh, not that great, um, to be honest. But as a parting gift, he had that assist for Raul Jimenez against Southampton. Oh. And he got uh, 14 points. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, was a, that was a very good moment. Good yeah. moment. Do I own him? Well, I don't think I don't think so. Actually, I think I mostly had Ramsdale and Dubravka down the stretch. I see. I see. By the way, Ramsdale, I think he is arguably like the biggest fraud, or one of the biggest frauds in the game this year. I mean, you're right, but in the same way, he's almost a little underrated. No. As a as a player. What? I'm, I mean, he's. People make him out to be just some random guy off the street. Like he he can make some saves every now and then. Oh, sure, he can make some saves. But let me let me tell you this: in the last uh, in the last uh, nine game weeks, he has zero clean sheets. Yeah, I mean that's that's not good, is it? That's <laughs> such fraudulent behavior. Are you kidding me? And I just kept starting him week in week out, and he gave me nothing. I don't know. I mean. It's the sort of thing, just form of fixture, I guess. It's just... Well, he had no form. Yeah, well, that's true. Oh, I don't know about that one. But anyway, anyway, let's let's uh, go back to our, our breakout 11. In, in defense, we have uh, Joel Matip. We have uh, waxed lyrical about him enough. Uh, but then, then we have uh, Joao Cancelo. And, I, I mean, Cancelo was certainly rated highly. Yes. I think he started the season about six and a half million, which is... Nothing to nothing to scoff at, hmm. but I mean, might have been six. I'm not sure, but you know, either way, I think it was very obvious that he was one of the preeminent fullbacks in the game, and really, his attacking uh, wizardry is and just the way he goes about it is something we've never really seen before. Mm-hmm. Just the, I mean, not only can he do it from both the right and left side, and I think that if he actually played on the right side the whole time, he would have done even better. Because that that really is where he where he's dominant. Yeah, yeah. But he can just be on that the way he is able to incorporate, you know, the outside of the foot. Uh-huh. All these skill moves into ways that are actually effective. It's, I mean, just yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it, it certainly does seem like you paid more attention to what he does specifically, which makes sense and it's very good insight. But I don't know. I no doubt about it. He was a very very good asset this year. But uh, we'll talk about this later. But I I feel like yeah there's always something like he could have been more i mean i think when he always gets into such good attacking positions you're always going to say oh if he just scored this chance oh if someone else just finished off that chance and also i think he really struggled down the stretch because he was just completely run down run down like like i mean he was a model of consistency during during the season which is very rare for pep and We'll talk about this a bit later, I think. But Pep was not that fraudulent this year. No, not at all. Not at all. And I think, to be honest, that was not very good for Cancelo because, I mean, he was playing 90 minutes every three days, which just yeah. really flexed. And I think he just ended up by the end. That makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. All right. And then next to next to my boy, Joao, we have Imeric. I mean, I think Breakout Star is maybe a bit loose here, but he... Yeah because he was he was he was really really good there was i think a lot of uncertainty a lot of injuries definitely with that city back line diaz missed time walker missed time near the end stones missed time near the end fernandinho just wasn't very good mm-hmm. ake was whatever zinchenko was you know i'm no i won't say anything bad about zinchenko because he kind of won us the league but i mean before was really really excellent and i think it showed yeah, I mean, there was that nine game week stretch in the middle of the season where he did not blank for yeah. nine weeks, yeah, which is crazy. Not uh, not by the massive consistency, but right, right, right. Um, but 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 still, I think he has proven himself to be a better defender than Ruben Diaz. I mean, it's funny because part of what makes him so good is his ball playing ball playing skills. And to be honest, I think he gets exposed every now and then. Probably a bit too often, to be honest, by quick, quicker players. But you guys are Laporte. I mean, both. But who are you talking about? I mean, 
I was talking about Laporte, but it probably, I mean, implies more to Diaz, but also applies to Laporte. Yeah. And partially that's because Diaz was not very good. I think Laporte struggled to adjust to kind of having to carry that burden. Yes. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. No, Diaz kind of got exposed this year, not going to lie. I was disappointed in Diaz. Yeah. Like, there was the – during the Champions League final run, uh-huh. I think I think especially in the, the game versus PSG when he was just, like, blocking so many shots. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was blocking shots. It was clear that, like, he was really a leader. Yeah. I, I fell in love with him. I was ready to get his jersey, to be honest. Mm. He just did not back it up this year. I, I don't know what happened. He just lost a step or he just yeah. – lost focus i I really don't know Mm, i don't know i think that last year at least he somehow created a a a, a person not a persona like an aura around him of being like the macho big guy at the back uh big very big very muscular and like big leader very vocal but i don't know might be a combination of injury and maybe oh um yes he was definitely playing for that's that's definitely part of it yeah yeah But, I mean, I really, really do rate Laporte because he's very quick, actually, and he's very strong as well. He's dominant in the air, as shown by his uh, many goals scored this season, too. Yeah, yeah. No, he's been he's been a, a ray of light in the, in a pretty dark city back line, to be honest. I mean, he was either Diaz or Stones beside him, yeah? Yeah. 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 And, I mean, playing as a left center back, he was usually Cancelo, who can't really defend the left, to be honest, sure. as well as you like. Or Zinchenko, who's not incredible, or Ake, who can't really do much. Yeah. So he, he really had his work cut out for him. Okay. And then moving on to the midfielders, we have uh, Jared Bowen. What a guy. I mean, I think he was if, – if we were going to pick one breakout player, it would have to be Bowen, right? I agree. I agree. I mean, what do you have, like 195 points? 206. Oh, 206. Yeah, wow. I mean, he – and I think he really proved that he could do it really against every team. Mm-hmm. Those goals against City, which really hurt. Yeah. Didn't come back to bite us, but yeah, he was, he was very impressive. Immense player, immense player. He, he's just very, very direct and very yeah. effective, which is he's something that... Type of throwback guy. But huh? he reminds me of like, I mean, of the, the highlights I've seen from, you know, the old like Ryan Giggs, that type oh. of player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driving towards the goal, you know. Yeah, something you don't see very often these days. Yeah. I mean, especially with the rise of teams like City, we just love to keep passing it around. Yeah, yeah. He gets it done. He gets it done. Okay. And uh, his England compatriot, uh, Bukayo Saka. I think, yeah, Saka probably did for Arsenal a lot of what Bones did for for West Ham. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They feel pretty similar roles, I think, just driving players direct getting in the box, getting shots off, and I think showed up in a very similar way. Mm, making up the, yeah. the Euro 2020 collapse, I should yes. say. And I was, I was very impressed by that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shows, uh, shows heart, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And uh, both of them operating uh, with the a, uh, with the lack of a, a very good number nine. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, and then we have two Spurs boys. Yeah. First of all, human son. Yeah, I mean, I think he broke out not not quite in the same way as some of these other guys, yeah. but from like the tier two to the tier one. Yep. You know, I think we should commend it. For, from the A tier to the S tier, if you will. Yeah, sure. And then uh, our our Swedish boy, Dejan Kulosevsky, signing of the season. Uh, I mean, January signing of the season. I think yes. so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was what him and Christian Romero. Yep. That I, I mean, that really turned his first season around. Obviously, Conte too. But yeah. 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 Remember when Nuno was their manager at the start of the season? Like that was this year. Yeah. Goodness. Incredible. Nuno won August Player uh, Manager of the Season of the Month. Oh yeah. Well, they beat City, which was I don't know how that happened. But yeah. I mean, every single time. Um, and then finally, Luis Diaz. Yeah, I mean that's another another sign of the season. I mean, I mean Liverpool were I wouldn't I mean they weren't floundering the same way Spurs were, but no, not at all. Really injected once again some pace, some some, some life, life. Yeah, exactly into that Liverpool front line, and it was really I mean knowing what we know now about how poorly Salah would play, I think it was so necessary. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if Diaz never came? That's yeah, 
yeah. Liverpool would have been in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would have changed anything about their season, but mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he does feel like he needs to work on his finishing and directness uh, as well. But he, he has the the uh, skills side of his game is, is very much well-developed. It's, it's really aesthetically pleasing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on to our forwards in our 3-5-2 formation. What do we have? Um, well, I'll be honest. We, we searched for a while, but we could not come up with anyone who deserved to deserve the honor. Great. Moving on to our flop 11. <laughs> um, uh, in goals, we have... <laughs> here's a name you might not have thought about for a while. Burn Leno. Yeah, it's it's really too bad for him to be honest, because I'm sure he was gearing up to be another uh, another uh, a year as the the starting shot stopper at Arsenal Football Club, and then just out of the blue, management decides to get Aaron Ramsdale, and he's out of a job. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind uh, warming the bench at Arsenal, getting well, paid, probably getting a fat paycheck. Yeah. yeah, but but still, for his for his career, it's uh, it's a little bit sad, isn't it? Yes. I mean, he wasn't that bad, was he? Yeah. Like he wasn't he wasn't a good goalie, but was he that bad? I don't think he was. Mm. I really don't think he was. Was he Arsenal tier? I mean, I, I think I think I think that's fair to say. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Um I also thought Melier would be really, really good, but Leeds in general just fell completely flat. Yeah, yeah. I mean everything about Leeds was a flop, to be honest. Yeah, same with uh, Rafinha, I'd, I'd yeah. say. Very underwhelming. Well, Rafinha wasn't awful. I mean, oh. he was respectful. I, yes, he was okay. probably the only respectful fantasy asset in this team. Yes. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. 145 points. Okay. Angles that's, 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 that's not anything to slander about. That's not bad. Nothing compared to, to Patty B from last year. But I mean, that was mostly injuries, but yeah, 28 points is just not accessible. No, not at all. Yeah. All right. In in defense, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna rail the three of them off at once. Luke Shaw, Aaron Wambasaka, and Rafael Varane. It's funny that there's something missing from that, isn't there? There is, and maybe it's only because he didn't have any expectations for this season. <laughs> I think he'd already proven himself as a flop. Yes. But, I mean, Harry Maguire. Are we letting him off the hook? Um, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you, I, I don't think you can call someone a flop if there are no expectations placed on his head anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. But, I mean, there were definitely, for the back line as a whole, at least there were heavy expectations. Yeah, yeah. Shaw was expected to stay good. Wamazak was expected to be competent defensively. Varane was expected to, you know, provide some actual class, and none of that materialized. Nope. Simple as. David De Gea was the only thing that uh, yeah. stopped them from I mean, getting even further humiliated. Their goal difference was zero in the season. And oh, goodness. Like minus 20 if De Gea wasn't there. Oh, my God. I mean, this is Manchester United, and their goal difference is zero. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know what? While we're at it, let, let's, let's talk about their midfield as well, midfield yeah. and offense. Because, listen, for, for, for a good, good goal you for a good goal difference, you need a good defense, but you also need a good offense. And, uh, well, Bruno, Rashford, Sancho didn't do it. No, no. I mean, I think all of them have their, their own individual stories, and they're all pretty interesting, to be honest. Mm. I mean, you know, the, the golden boy of United last season, he was the FPL golden boy as well, and that just, I mean, what happened to him? It's very, very hard to, to pinpoint, actually. Um, because you know, 151 points is is not that bad empirically speaking. But as someone who owned him for 38 weeks in draft, he felt really, really bad. I mean, there were just such long stretches where he was doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a miracle he kept even playing. Because oh, I mean, if you recall, um, the in game week 38, he did a no look pass uh, off a throw in straight into a one of his center defenders and Zaha nicked the ball off of them and uh, scored. Yeah. It's just, I mean, how it's going. How it went. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can probably point to Ronaldo as, as why, 
I don't know if that's too simplistic. Maybe he just fell off but on, a, on a personal level. Mm. Not the same player as he was last year, that's for sure. It's a bit sad. He was, he was genuinely magical last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and then we've got uh, our boy Jack Grealish, our Gucci ambassador, our hairband king. <sighs> you, you have this theory about him, don't you? You have I, this theory I, about him. And I, I acknowledge that his, his first year was not at the level that you'd expect of a 100 million asset. But then again, if you're judging the 100 million assets out there, I think you can say it was quite a bit better than Lukaku. We'll get to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think on the whole, he didn't quite have the, the impact that City hoped. Uh, two goals. Two goals. Yeah. I mean, he, he deserved better. I'll say that. I think mean, if no, you oh no 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 he didn't if you look at like XG created and whatnot okay sure I, I really think that you know he was a bit unlucky and like there were there were legitimately times near the end of the season where like he would have a good performance I'd just be wondering how he didn't have a goal involvement because he seemed to be maybe not quite running the show but very involved okay okay no I mean he maybe he's just here for the vibes. Maybe that's how you allocate the hundred million. Yeah, yeah. You know, you see him at the 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 uh, title party. Photo shoot. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, he was he was living it up, living it up. You, he was uh, criticized online for uh, for that. I mean, I I think he's allowed to celebrate with his. Oh yes, yes. I mean, he didn't. He did not win this title. No, not at all. Not in the slightest. <laughs> But I mean, and going back to my theory, I, I think that the best is yet to come for him. I think that it's a it's a pattern with that uh -huh. players that first year maybe they struggle to adapt to the system, but yeah. year three, year four, they are just completely on top of it, running the show. Gundogan was like that, Cancelo was like that. I mean, so so many so many players that are mm. Sane. Yeah, yeah. We'll Mark, see. Honestly, mm, maybe I I don't really know much about that. But um, yeah, um, you you mentioned the the photo shoot. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it wasn't just one, but I think being seen all that all that Gucci wasn't great for him when he probably should have been on the train pitch. Yeah, to be yeah. fair. All right, and 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 we want to give a special shout out to 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 one person in particular, and this 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 person, you you may not have heard of him before, but uh, I I think he deserves a mention, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Just for the, the sheer uh, rarity of the occurrence. Go on, man. Yeah. The lad's name is uh, Nohan Kenneth. <laughs> Kenneth, excuse me. He's a he's a Leeds Academy player. Once again, you probably have heard of him because he only played a total of uh, zero minutes, actually. Pretty <laughs> remarkable. I think he just came on a stoppage time. <laughs> Uh, so that's pretty something. And the, the real distinction is that he had negative one points on the season. <laughs> uh, so I believe he, because, because he only came on stoppage time, he had zero minutes. That doesn't technically count as a minute. And he got a yellow card in that time. So he had negative points on the season. I mean, props to you for finding that. Cause I hadn't never heard of him before tonight but, but how did you do it i went to total points i went to the very end and there he was with negative one <laughs> that's really funny though <laughs> the way he technically has played zero minutes <laughs> and he's ended up with negative one points <laughs> oh goodness that's not very good is it oh it's not but that's... i believe he was actually just traded or mm. He moved on on a free transfer to Celtic, I think, or so someone in Scotland, which should do him well. Mm. And I, we we hope him the best. Sincerely. No, we we really do. But that's reminiscent of junior fearful levels. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know if if you guys out there are familiar with, but he he had a fair share of negative ones. Yeah, um, yeah. Too many for my liking. Yeah, in the first, let's see, one, two, three, four. Six, six weeks. He had played a total of uh, more than two hundred fifty minutes, and he had zero points. Yeah. Wow, wow. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, and on to the forwards where, uh, you know, we, we certainly aren't lacking in this department. I think to address the elephant in the room, Romelu Lukaku. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lukaku, 97 and a half million, I think. I mean, it was it was funny because there was a period where he was actually playing well. And that period was the start of December. And then it, it transpired uh, near the end of December that actually um, he had given an interview to Sky Italia where he said he was unhappy with, his, with the team and with his position in the team. And actually, it was after that interview that he started playing better. But then, obviously, that interview came out. and mm. really yeah. I will... Is that not some of the season? I will never understand the rationale the, that, that he gave himself for, for doing that interview. It just... It just what, was, what was he thinking? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. But It makes no sense whatsoever. And he really... I don't know. He just had such a massive reception. I mean, Chelsea, us Chelsea fans, we were so excited. We, we, the, oh, I'm getting really sad talking about it now. Because a good stylistic fit too, right? I mean, mm. Simon Inter. I mean, he had like 30 goals and 20 assists in the season, something like that, which is just crazy. And I mean, it's it's tough to pinpoint really where it went wrong. It just didn't didn't quite click, I guess. I mean, I guess you can say that it was the interview that made everything go wrong, but beyond still, that. That's his own doing. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But still, but still. I mean, it just didn't quite click on the way I would have thought. Yeah. Next season, I mean, there are rumors of him uh, leaving Chelsea. Um, I don't want to think about it. Let's move on to Danny Ings. Sure, sure. I mean, Ings was... I think it was a bit of an under the radar move, wasn't it? From Southampton. Oh, Villa. Villa have just have a thing for just doing moves completely in the dark and just announcing them and having it be a big surprise. Also, I think they're very big on the moves from like from mid table team to mid table team. Yeah, yeah. This this is one of those. Things had a nice season in uh, 2021. I think, right? I mean, uh, it was 1920 actually. Was it right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Fair amount of goals, like 15, something like that. Struggled with injuries, but after that, he was very impressive. But didn't play play the magic. I think he was, I don't know if he was replaced by Watkins near the end, but I think he lost the spotlight to Watkins, I think. And I mean, Watkins is not the type of guy who really hogs the spotlight. So that's saying something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You've hit the nail on the head there. And then. Such an enigma. What an enigma this man is. <laughs> I mean, you tell me how you can score 40 points in the first three game weeks and, and go on to, to have the season that you have. You you tell me how Mikel and Antonio is possible to exist as a human being. It just doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> of course, I mean, he's the best player in the world for the first three games. I mean, not yeah. granted, that was against pre- pre-Saudi Arabia, Newcastle, Leicester, and Crystal Palace. But, I mean, you're supposed to you're supposed to be able to carry that on, right? Like, yeah. when he had 10 goals in the season, half of them were in those games. And he also had four assists. So that's nine. That's He had 20 returns total. Nine of them were in those games. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, he was getting Ballon d'Or shots for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I genuinely believed it. He was really, yeah, yeah. really good. He was. And did he just decide, oh, I've done enough? Like, <laughs> my team doesn't need me anymore? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a, he was a communist at heart, you know? He got halfway through his quota in the first four weeks, and then he was like, nah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jared Bowen took the spotlight, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't even know what happened. He I mean, just stopped. He just stopped. It's the type of thing like, oh, my my, my boss. If if I do all this stuff, then my boss is gonna know that like, oh, he's gonna make me keep like working later because he knows that I can be productive. So if I just <laughs> kind of slack off, then he won't expect much of me. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, I'd be very interested to actually hear or not. Like, I'd be very interested in in hearing what like conversations between managers and players are actually sounding like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be interested to see. Like, I've always wondered what sort of like when when they're scouting the other team, you know, like mm. how they're creating their game plan. Like, is is the boss telling Antonio mm. like, like the center backs will usually respond to the midfielder driving up this way so you have to like go right, run right. There. and then also like i think just like at halftime how do they make adjustments like that how do they keep right. their spirits up after after a poor performance mm. we move on to the the lessons learned yes yes so you know we, we were trying to think and uh in our search for for some inspiration we looked on to last year's notes and we agree we agree with the same lessons from last year and number one on that uh, list that i offered last year was don't be afraid to jump on purple patch players and you know i said it last year because of players like ianacho gundawan and lingard who i didn't jump on in time and this year it's it's been the same you know i for some reason i i didn't listen to my own advice uh from last year and uh you know players like bernardo burned me players like uh son um i, I you know i, I just maybe i mean i think we held on to him too long who Salah. uh-huh uh-huh i think we kind of failed to recognize that i mean it was more than just a purple patch i think but yeah when it was over it was really over yeah, if if you if you I mean look at dissect Salah's numbers before Afcon and after Afcon, it's just nine day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and uh, in in a similar vein, you know, don't be afraid to buy purple patch players, but don't be afraid to sell people when you feel the time is right. Yeah, yeah, kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yeah, and you know, I alluded to it earlier, but Cancelo for me, it it just felt like he was eating up a lot of cash and. I felt like like he was performing well, but he just wasn't reaching the potential that he had, and I just it didn't feel right having him in my team, and I held him held on to him for much too long. Yeah, I mean it's a type of thing where you know if you're analyzing what sort of transfers you want to do, then if like maybe you you only have one free, and you want to decide whether like you, you have a very pressing decision, I'm sure as you always do because things always come up. Versus a player who may be a bit overpriced, but he has his long track record of success. And if you look at him, you can say like, oh, yeah, he's a solid player. It's fine to keep him in my team. And, you know, you can just keep perpetuating that cycle. And then he kind of just stays in there rotting away. Sure. That's exactly right. Um, and another lesson on that list was form over fixtures um i i know i've i've always been a fixtures type of guy but you know convince the people of form over fixtures yeah i mean i think just look at two players uh mo salah and jungan son maybe the two best in the, in the league and i think it's just it was just very obvious that when these guys are, are clicking and on point and know what they want to do and have the confidence and are feeling fit then it doesn't matter if they're playing City or Norwich. I mean, they're going to score against either one. Yeah. When they when they can't quite figure it out, then they might not even score against Norwich. That's a great way of putting it. it really is. Yeah, and it it just doesn't matter for players of this caliber. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, going on for for next season. Looking yeah. forward, things to look forward to. You, you have, you have something that you like to see. I mean, this isn't quite something I'm looking forward to because I'm, I'm very doubtful that it's going to be implemented. But I think it would be a really positive addition to the, to FPL. And this is maybe coming a bit from my, my economics learning this year, which I think has been very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really just to, that the, supply and demand, if you will, of these FPL players is reflected in their actual price. Like you can have a guy, I think I, I think back to Mo Salah in his debut season. He started at nine million, and yep. he only ended up at about twelve or excuse me, ten and a half million, despite you know being transferred in by everyone and scoring three hundred points. Hmm. 
he should have been up to probably 13 or 14 because I mean, you want, you want him to be at the type of, at the sort of level where like, despite how, how good he is, because everyone wants him, you have to consider whether he's actually worth it for your team. You know, I mean, maybe it would have to be about 14 million, but when everyone's transferring him, he should adjust that level. And like on this, in the same vein, think about someone like, I mean, Obonyang had an awful season a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. He about 11 and a half and he just couldn't produce anything. But as people just start to abandon him, if he went down to about 7 million, I mean, wouldn't that have seen him actually become a much more realistic play again? Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, that's, that's a very, very convincing argument you put forth there. Um, and I think FPL is all about decisions. And yeah. sure, a lot of the times it gives us a lot of hard, hard, hard decisions like Sun or Kane versus, or, um, you know, like what to uh, Robertson or Jota, let's say, for your third Liverpool spot. But but sometimes um sometimes some like there there are some things in FPL that are just constants. For example, um in the beginning of the year, having Mo Salah in your team uh, and having Trent Alexander Arnold in your team. And I don't know. Like that that just was very very obvious and i don't know if that was a good thing because it kind of adds a certain level of constancy to some element of the game and i don't know if that's necessarily um aligns with the the values uh or like the principles that the that the game revolves around because it is a game of decision making and if some of those decisions are inherently made for you um by the by the pricing system then i don't know it seems a bit what do you think yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of takes away from part of the fun of the game, part of the skill in the game, which is just finding the players that maybe are a bit under unheralded and are about to break out. I mean, I remember, I think it was 2020, 2021, that, I mean, there was a template team that yeah. cost about $95 billion. Mm. And that's pretty much every player you could want. So mm-hmm. everyone could just have that team because the good players were cheap. Yeah. And, I mean, you have to think that ideally those players would – go up enough that you couldn't have all of them and you really have to make some good choices. Mm-hmm. So harsher market adjustments, maybe something that's not quite realistic, but something that, you know, it would is. add another uh, level to the game. Sure. It would. Sure. It would. Okay. And finally we have our moments of the season. Let's start with, the good, shall we? Yeah, I think on a personal level, I think the the one that springs to mind was the the KDB four goals against uh, against Wolves, and it was just so surreal to be honest. Like he just, he just kept banging them in, banging them in. Mm. I mean, obviously as a, as a Man City fan, it's pretty nice. But yeah, as a as a fan of FPL, it was also a pretty pretty incredible moment because that's the sort of thing you want to see, isn't it? Yeah, players having big performances. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, and it, it's it's heartening as well to see that you know sometimes a mega differential can absolutely pop off, and if that happens, it can absolutely propel you to the very top. And I think the uh, winner, Jamie Piggott, this year, I believe, captain or triple captain him in uh, in that week. You want to check that real quick? Uh, yeah, I can try. Yes. Yeah. Um. But you know, it, it just gives uh gives us some hope that you know even near the very end of the season if 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 you nail that captaincy um it uh will do things for you yeah yeah what week was it oh yeah 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 here it is yeah he, he had he was in game week 36 he had 201 points wow he bench boosted he captained kdv he was 310 game week rank oh and i think that was that was why he won, to be honest. Certainly, certainly. I mean, he he won he won by twelve points. Hmm. So it's it's quite something. But yeah, I mean, if he if he just went with the grain, I don't know who the popular captains were at the time. Probably like Salah or yeah. Son. Yeah. But if he just went with that, didn't decide to branch out of it, then win or won. Oh, I mean, I am looking at his game week history, and it's goosebumps. 
Yeah, yeah. All right, and let's see. On a personal level for me, I... Okay, when, when, when Jared Bowen scored 21 points in double game week 21, there was, going into that game week, there was this big discourse around uh, whether the best captain was uh, Antonio or Bowen, because they were playing, I believe, Palace and Norwich. And the Palace game happened, and I believe, yes, Bowen got one assist, and Antonio got one goal. And uh, Bowen had five points, and Antonio had seven. And then the Norwich game happened. Antonio blanked, Bowen scored two goals and an assist for 16 points. Or it might have just been two goals. But but that that was just incredible for me, because I obviously captain Bowen. Yeah, well, I think part of what we saw was Antonio decided, oh, I've got an assist. That's all I need to do this game. <laughs> but Bowen, you know, he's, he's got that dog in him. Grit. <laughs> and he just he just kept going, kept grinding. Yeah. On the way. Mm. And a similar story with Human Son, actually. Um, I brought him in for a hit before that game against Villa, where he scored the hat-trick for 21 points. And it was a decision between Son and Kane. And for some reason or other, I went with Son, and I captained Son. And if I brought in Kane and captained Kane, well, that's uh, at least a, at least a 20-point swing right there. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just what the game's about, isn't it? Just those yeah. small decisions. I mean... Sun came on the face of it are almost identical assets. Yep. Game week to game week basis, there's so so much variance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, it's magical. Well, then I, I go on and, and sell Sun the week after. Oh. That's, that's no, not the week after. I captained him the week after because of a dream, if you recall, uh, okay. where I dreamed of him scoring and he didn't, and I got mad, and then I sold him, and then he started uh, being ridiculous. Yeah. It's not great. But at least, at least you got the forty-two points. Yes. So, yeah. And uh, you got the eighty-four points, didn't you? Uh, I mean, I no, I captain son. But no, 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 no. Uh, Salah. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that was really nice. That was really nice. Uh, I don't even remember the circumstances, but I, I do remember that there was something with like Salah and Coutinho, maybe. Or Salah and Vekhorst, something like that. What do you mean? I, I think in that game week. It was a double game week, right? Yeah. So I think the double game before that, um, Salah just completely blanks. And Coutinho asked out toward him, I think. Right? Okay. And uh, then... Let week, me check that, actually. Go on, then. But no, so I'm pretty sure in the double game week, there was the next double game week after that. Salah had another one. And then people were kind of afraid of what could happen. And yeah. that, you were actually captaining without Vekhorst? No, 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 not during that week. Was that a different one? Okay, okay. No, no, no. Okay, I apologize. No, you, you, have, to, you have to realize, Salah was playing Norwich in Leeds. Oh, oh okay. So he was the, the consensus pick, right? Yes, yes, he was. That was my mistake, but yeah, no, that was a huge haul. And I think, I mean, he did exactly what everyone expected, isn't it? Yep. It's, it's well, sometimes nice when that happens. Hmm? It's sometimes nice when that happens. Yeah, no. He scored two scummy pens. It's part of his part of his appeal. Yes, it is part of it. But when you don't triple captain him, uh, that's that's hurt. Yeah, yeah. Another moment that hurt for me. No, for you. Yes. No. Let's talk about let's let's talk about that moment first. Oh yes, yes, yes. It's it's one of the most infamous moments. In Premier League history, in fantasy Premier League history. Yeah. Number one is the triple captain of Mane, which I talk about every now and then. Where double game week, he just walks off the field 30 minutes into the first game. Mm. One point. Yeah. I mean, this this was almost worse. I, I mean, it wasn't a triple captain. I mean, it was De- Dennis versus Mane, so the bar is a bit lower. Mm. And Dennis, I think first game, he gets red carded. Didn't he? Yep. And he has a minus one for a very nice double game week. It was pretty tough. It was pretty tough. Yeah, well, it, it Dennis might not be able to compare with Mane uh, name-wise, but I think the situation was more of a farce. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, just so so strange, isn't it? 
very 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 strange um just like the fact that people captained a watford player just think about that strange times in the game yeah and i captained king and i was buzzing after the first game um because because you know there was a there was a three point difference there king had gotten two points and then it's good gone minus one and king had a second game and in that second game he got yellow carded for the grand total of one point so <sighs> maybe just new lesson just don't go with wofford yes that's a fantastic lesson fantastic lesson not that we've seen them for a little while but... yep yep <laughs> and okay a moment that hurt me was, oh, man, Kai Havertz. Oh, yeah. Game week nine. Yeah. Chelsea seven, Norwich City nil. Havertz, nothing. Nothing. Three points. Got subbed off early. No goal involvement in seven Chelsea goals as their number nine doesn't make sense doesn't make sense are you kidding me i mean we knew that part of his responsibility was kind of just a link play but you have to think that i mean if you're the guy that's closest to their goal and that's your position you have to be getting something Mm-hmm. one of the, one of the strangest oddities i've ever seen to be honest yeah i listen i remember turning on the tv that saturday morning and seeing four nil chelsea and I had I bought Havertz in for a minus four that week, and I was like, yes. And then look at the the goal involvements. I see Reese James, I see Ben Chilwell, I see Mason Mount. I don't see Kai Havertz, and then I see number twenty nine flash up on the sideline, and I just lose it. Can't blame you. I think that 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 really just deflated me. It's it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's not end with that. Let's let's end on arguably an even more depressing note. On on the way that I wild carded in Adama Traore in game week four. I mean, what what was going through your head? Got <laughs> it. Got it. I always had a soft spot for him. Because of that, uh, I think it was two years ago now, that uh, 3-2 game, uh, Wolves against Man City, uh, where Wolves uh, came back and Adama scored two goals and I owned him. I actually, no, I won't get into that. Um, But, you know, I always had a soft spot for him. I thought he was a decent footballer, at least dribbling-wise, you know. He is. He just doesn't have the end product. No, he doesn't. And I I, I think I was was blind to that... uh, fact because it is a fact yeah um and he was supposed to be my my uber differential he was supposed to be the one um but you know he just kept blanking and then the week i sold him he got an assist Mm. so that's uh i think that's just havertz was brutal this is just sad yeah that's fair that's fair i mean you you get what you deserved when you have an amatriori that's all I can really say about it, but it, it's tough to, to see that firsthand. Yeah. Sure. I think that just about covers it, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, wow, it's been a it's been a remarkable season, really a whirlwind. Hmm. And you have to you have to think like COVID was still a factor, you know? It was. I mean, it was this year that we were saying like. Oh, don't have a captain and a vice captain from the same game. Yeah. yeah, I, you know, I think um, I'm I'm safe to say that those days are are past us. I think so. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It it just doesn't feel like it should end. You know. Yeah, I mean, you spend so much time on your team, build your value research players and then it just comes to an end strange yeah and we Once, are not uh, yep. yeah go on go on i mean it's only about what two months three months now yeah 
in another few weeks, we'll probably be scouting new players, new transfers, championship players, building template teams and whatnot. It's really exciting, to be honest. Yeah. Now, listen, they're going to drop the game in June. Yeah. I know that for a fact, which is scarily close. Like, you know, we don't even get a break. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. We should probably take advantage of our summer and, and take a break from soccer as a whole because we are not getting any soccer over the summer, which is nuts. It's a disgrace. It's it is a disgrace. It is a disgrace. How is that allowed to happen? That, I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's so many issues with Qatar as a host country. Mm-hmm. I mean, human rights abuses and like whatnot. But yes, I mean, the yes. fact that it's so hot, they have to play in the winter should have been immediately disqualifying. I mean, if, if that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, but it, it will give us something to look forward to, at least. There's yeah, oh my... Yeah. ...that we can cover for a bit. Yeah. yeah. Fantasy fantasy World Cup. We'll see if that's a thing. Probably. But... Fantasy World I mean, Cup. I mean, there are just going to be so... I already know. I'm going to see so many threads on Reddit, so many Twitter threads. Um on, on the way that uh, the World Cup is going to impact the FPL season, which is really interesting to think about. I mean, it's going to be strange to have a, a month off. And you have to wonder, I mean, for the players that don't go, will it be advantageous? Yeah. Things like City and Liverpool, everyone they have is an international. And right. Probably good enough to be playing at the World Cup. Right. So, I mean, they're probably deep enough to withstand it, but you never know. Hmm. I don't know. It, it it's been a while since we've had a, a normal season of FPL. I mean, yeah, yeah. does it does that exist? I mean, I think you can always find something to make it. Yeah, happen, right. Yeah. Part of the beauty of it. Yes, to quote Antonio Conte, one normal week, one regular week of uh, FPL. That's all I ask for. One regular week. Yes, that'll be nice, wouldn't it? It would be. But you know, thank you all for for bearing with us through through this long long season um and you know i i feel like i can't i can't say wishing everyone a healthy green arrow which is which is really sad but i don't know what what should we end with wishing everyone a, a healthy two months where you explore the the green outdoors yes and and maybe even meet your family for the first time maybe maybe come out, <laughs> out of your bunker with all your your stats and your uh tvs and whatnot and explore the world live a little yes